Carol Ofori, East Coast Radio. Well, you're listening to East Coast Radio. That's KZN's number one hit music station. And this is an interview I never thought in my lifetime I would actually get the opportunity to conduct. How excited I am, I cannot even describe as words. I'm talking to a phenomenal woman on this International Women's Day. A businesswoman, a talk show host, and of course, I like to call her mum, Felicia Mabuza Sattle. is an international award-winning entrepreneur, an inspirational speaker, an author, a philanthropist. She is the president and co-owner of Leadership Success International LLC, an organization that specializes in executive leadership, training, and business communications. Now, Mum Felicia Mabuza Sattel is one of the founding members and shareholders of Pamozi Investment Holdings as well. Now, the South African Broadcast Corporation, that of course the SABC, has also named her among the 100 great South Africans. But I would narrow it down to like the top five great South Africans because of the lives <laughs> she changed from the living rooms of South African homes. Felicia is also known as a television host of the Conversations with Felicia, a talk show on the Africa Channel in the US, and of course in South Africa. Who could forget the beautiful pixie cut, the fashion, the red nails, the beauty, the intelligent, amazing conversations and really interrogating interviews that she would bring to South African homes with the Felicia show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited. On my radio show, bringing together people from all walks of life at a time when South Africa is going through the biggest transition ever. I'm so excited. Mum Felicia Mabuza Sato, welcome to my show. How are you? Oh, Carol, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. I know I paid you a lot of money to say all those good things about me, but thank you. Oh, thank but you. this morning, and I'm so proud of you to see that we've passed on the baton to great young people like yourself, great women, young women like yourself. So thanks a million. I am missing beautiful Nzansi more than you can ever imagine. I'll be there soon. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you. I mean, I know you're in the U.S. and you're pretty much waking up to the world and we're kind of finishing off our day. What's it like in Atlanta today? Is it a cold day? It's uh, going to be warming up. It's uh, not as warm as it should be, but it's going to be warming up. But I just woke up with a slight hangover here, crying, literally crying, watching the images come in from Ukraine, especially those of a little boy walking all by himself, crying, not even knowing where he will ever, whether he will ever see his parents again. I could not help but capture it and tweet about it. And that's what I really try to use my Twitter account for, to try and keep the conscience of young people like yourself really thinking and seeing what action can be taken. I try to inform, educate, uh, empower, whatever you want to say with my my tweet. I try to get off Twitter, but I realize that's my only connection to trying to continue what I always did at home as best I can. My husband always says, turn off the television. But as a journalist, you understand. It is hard to do that. And as a mother, nothing is more concerning and seeing children and elderly people go through what they're going through right now. But that that was my night. And I was up at about 1.30 in the morning, literally, again. But uh, I'm fine. I'm ready for you. Let's talk. Today is International Women's Day, definitely around the world. We are singing the praises of women on this Women's Day. I call them divas. I call us divas, divinely inspired. Inspired, victoriously amazing 
sisters. Absolutely. I could not think of a better woman to speak to on this day. I mean, uh, Mom Felicia, I, 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 like I said, I grew up seeing you on the television and the conversations that you would bring home, interviewing inspirational people, political people at a time where our country was going through so much transition. And that kind of thing was not mm. often seen on our television screens. But you brought those conversations to the forefront. When you look back at your career, is there one conversation that you still look back at today and you go, wow, that was a mind changing and society changing conversation that just rings with you that you're like that's one I will never forget well if I may say it is my conversation with Winnie Mandela my conversation with Miriam Makeba I tried to interview women who when I grew up like you are I looked up to women I Winnie's courage I will never forget that for her to sit there and tell me about her time in solitary confinement and how she saw these two ends just to try to keep her sane. And she named them after her two daughters and talked to them like they were human beings. That was her way of trying to stay sane with this light that was shone upon her for days on end. I think of my conversations with Miriam Makeba and Miriam Makeba graced the show, came mm. to us a number of times. Each time I asked her, I'll say, Shiro, I need you. Please come and talk. Please come and tell young people who you are. They don't know who you are. And she did come on. The day she was awarded Goodwill Ambassador of South Africa, she came on to the show. I interviewed her and she said when the president mentioned those words, Goodwill Ambassador, I thought of you, Felicia, and I've tweeted that on Women's Day. I think the first, March 1st, I did a tweet that we'll interview. So for me, when you hear women like that talk about how the show also helped them get to the people, because that's what it was. It was the people's show. It was not my show. It was about letting the voices of the people of South Africa to be heard. Tokyo Sohwale always used to say to me, we came with, we, we came with guns to liberate the country or stones to liberate the country. You came with a mic to give a voice to the people of South Africa. And that's all I wanted to do. Mm. I remember, in fact, one time, Tata Mandela was upset with me and said, yes, I hear they say, because I had a show on uh, South African musicians who were saying their music was not played enough on radio. And uh, we're playing mostly overseas uh, musicians' music on the radios, etc. In that studio where Miriam Makeba, Huma Sikela, uh, the late Talib, um, all of them were in that studio. The great. I cannot believe that we had all those people in one studio at one time. And uh, so they sang, their, they talked about their concerns about the music industry in South Africa. So that, that then said, yes, I heard that they say, you say, I only talk want uh, the American musicians to visit me. That is not true. I said, no, that I did not say anything. I just moved the mic so the people can talk. So, <laughs> so in short, I had to get myself out of trouble here because I really did not say anything. I was just giving people a forum to talk. So that's really what the show was. But I really like to also talk about us as women and remind us that 
We are worthy. We are powerful and we don't even realize how worthy we are. I was giving a presentation to women in South Africa. I don't like this um, Skype thing or what you call it, not Skype, right. call it uh, Zoom and yeah. stuff. Now, I, I want to be around people. I want to touch them, feel them, talk to them, see their faces etc. And then even here in the U.S., the same presentation again. But I had this affirmation that I really like to use on with women to re- remind us how powerful we are, especially on this International Women's Day. And I want to just say, listen, women, here we are. With the click of your heel, you command respect. You are kind yet strong and powerful. You are a mother, a sister, a nurturer. You are a healer a teacher, a leader. You are a goddess. And I don't think we realize just how powerful we are. We are givers, but we give of ourselves more than anything else. That's true. Yes, give yourself to yourself first before you give yourself away, says Stephen Taylor. And to mothers, I know this is a tough one. Even on the plane, they tell us, put that mask on yourself first before you put it on anyone else. But we are giving at all times we want to be giving. When I get a little few dollars here, I'm dividing it amongst my three sisters, my, my five nieces, my, my brother even for that matter, because we're taught, I know that you're in Natal, so maybe you won't get this expression, but we as South Africans speak all languages. We, I believe in the saying, which means the children of the same mother can divide the head of a locust and eat and still be satisfied. And that is really my mantra in, in life in general. And most women, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think about that, that leads right into my next question. Do you believe that as women, there should be one thing across the board that we should not compromise on? And if there is such a thing, what would you say it is? I'd say it's integrity. And I'll tell you why. Because normally when you stand for what you believe, sometimes you stand alone. My former congressman, John Lewis, may so rest in peace here in Georgia, he said, if you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have a moral obligation to do something about it. Speak out, correct it, confront it, do something. Your conscience should be your guide at all times. I know sometimes we might not do it the right way, but it is the most important thing that we as women should try and and do. Pope John Paul said, rightfully, perhaps more than in any period in our history, our time is in need of that genius which belongs to women and which can ensure sensitivity for human beings in every circumstance. It is now that we really have to stand up and speak out and do what we can for the good of society. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, as a woman, I mean, one thing I love about speaking to uh, women from different generations is how they uh, feel more empowered as they get older. So you get ladies in their 20s who have different um, aspirations and feel a different way about themselves. And then women in their 30s, which is the space I'm in, where I'm heading to my 40s and I'm feeling very much, you know, secure in how I feel, easy, I mean, easily command what I want. Are you older than, you're older than me? I'm 29. <laughs> 
realize that. Yes, now I'm way older, way, way older. <laughs> okay, okay. Go ahead, go but, ahead. Sorry. But one thing I, I, I have realized is that every woman in the different stages has something more empowering about them, their self-awareness and just mm. th- themselves as they get older as women, appreciating the different levels in life. I know that you mm. are sweet 70s, early, early 70s. And I just wonder, mm. a, as a woman at that age, when you look through the 30s, 40s, mm. 50s, 60s, and now in your 70s, what would you say has been the biggest mm. lesson you've learned about yourself as a woman? Wow, there's so many lessons learned. I've gone through, in fact, if I use the ages that you're talking about, in my 20s, I was in college at that time. Yeah. So I, it, I was hungry for knowledge, hungry. And in fact, the revolutionary in my own little way, I remember having a uh, dance school for young people. And I, I look back, my sister was reminding me that, uh, you know, at your age at that time, you said, supposed to have been dating and just having fun with the guys and I remember how you refused to go to Swaziland with, with, with your friends because you, you're scared of leaving us your dance students. I had a dance academy that I started um, in Soweto and over 60, 70 young people would come there and I'll teach them ballroom and Latin American dance. But Stephen Biko, Steve Biko had taught us to bring young people together and conscientize them. And that's the word I learned from him and Jeff Parker. But we danced not to the world's music that you hear. We danced to music that, that had a message. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. So I was conscientizing the young people with the words of the song as we were fighting apartheid in the 70s. And reach out and touch somebody's hands, so do the rumba to that song, Dinah Ross. Nina Simone, young, gifted, and black. And to this day, 40 years later, when I see, the, see them, they still say, yes, it's Felicia, reach out and touch. Yes, it's Felicia. <laughs> uh, to be young, gifted, and black. And some of them were not that much uh, younger than, than me. Right. But no to we respect each other in South Africa. One, a person can be a year older than you, but to see, speak Oruma, as you so rightfully call me. So then in my 30s, I was in the corporate world. And when I was studying in the U.S. at that time, I also had the honor of teaching at the university as I was doing my master's degree. And it was such an honor to, to, to feel like this little girl who grew up in the dusty streets of Soweto is standing in front of a class that is literally all white, maybe just one or two black students. It, I was at a predominantly white university. The gap you should think of at that time in the 70s says it all. But as I stood there in my 20s, I felt I cannot be enjoying this alone. Some other young people from Soweto should also be coming to America to study. I went to talk to the rector of the university, Father Rayner. He was taking his little walk one afternoon, and this was straight after the 1976 student unrest. And I said, Father Rayner, please, the sanctions will not be lifted. The school will not divest. But what you can do is start a scholarship program for South African students. So in the 80s, scholarship as a program was started for South African students, and I'm proud to say over 30-plus young people from South Africa went through that program, 
and they're back in South Africa doing a phenomenal, wow. phenomenal job. It's amazing. Then in my 40s, I decided to come back to South Africa answer the call, Nelson Mandela's call, when I could have stayed really here in the U.S. and be part of the Olympics because I was part of the team that was bringing the Olympics to um, to Atlanta that year, that, that time. I answered the call and instead went home. For me, that was a big, as my husband said, that is not a job that is a calling and you're going to have to answer that calling and that's why the support I had for my family so the different stages of my life without blowing my own horn there was a cause and a purpose in it all um, I came back obviously typical mother motherly guilt that I felt to to come and be with my family, but guess what? They've grown up and they decided to leave me here. So I'm sitting here saying, I should be in South Africa (laughs) and not here. But as a woman, again, we go through these stages and we question ourselves a lot because we find ourselves in what James Brown says, it's a man's world. But yes, it ain't nothing without a woman. So it is a difficult world for us. Mm-hmm. But we need to understand that we are going to have to navigate it in some way or other because we as women make up 51% of the population. So how can any economy thrive without utilizing at least 50% of its population? So we can contribute to a thriving South Africa for that matter or a thriving world. Obama rightly says if a woman if women, rather, ran every country in the world for just two years, there would be a general improvement in living standards and outcomes. I believe it. I believe it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another question I think I want to delve into is, you know, um, you're, you're out in Atlanta and you, you're seeing our country from the outside. When you're looking at South Africa now in 2022, is it a country that you're proud to say, I am South African? Or do you feel like we've sort of lost the plot in so many aspects that it is a little sad for you when you look at us? Well, as I always say, my body is in America, but my heart is in South Africa. I would do anything I can to be in South Africa and do what I can and could and have done. And I've just told you some of the things that I did without even a penny in my pocket. My sister reminds me that Unosina Chele, the woman in the 70s, but you decided to do this. I was on a salary, a journalist salary, and you know that that's not too much money, but somehow managed to get these young people to places like Swaziland, to go and dance for the king, to those years they called it Lorenzo Marx. Now I'm really dating myself. (laughs) <laughs> Maputo now. Right. <laughs> um, right. Some of, them, some of them had never been on a luxury bus and took them on boat rides, etc. But wanted giving them exposure. My dream was always and still is at some point to have some type of academy at home or wherever in the world, Lord, where God can bear me to do it, to help again with young people. For me, my passion is young people. Yesterday when I saw some of these images, I started writing something for my daughter because she has a, a, a tennis academy for kids. They, recreation is needed for these kids that are going through all of these borders. And they're showing it on television too, that recreation can play an important role. And our children in South Africa need that type of 
recreation. Um, so I don't even know how to answer your question because I'm overwhelmed by what I'm seeing happening. But I always say I never criticize where I cannot be there, when I cannot be there to do something about it. So I'm going to hold back my criticism um, until I am able to do, to roll up my sleeves and be there and do something about what I see or I hear is happening at home. But I'll always be proud to call South Africa home. Yeah, proud to call South Africa home. I love that. And as we wrap up our Women's Day inspiration uh, that I want to give the ladies for International Women's Day, if you could give us as women, young women that look up to you, women that are trying to navigate life in this 2020-22 world where we're living with COVID, we're living with this war that's happening and different wars all over the world uh, for that matter. Um, what inspiration of uh, words of inspiration, encouragement do you have for the ladies listening right now just to, to keep going? You know, that, that single mom that's taking a knock, that, that granny who's looking after her grandkids because um, her daughter's working far, the family's far. Just that little push to keep going and, and keep doing what we do. Before I do that, I just want to maybe say to women, to us as women, and just to poke your conscience really a little bit. I'm going to ask a question. Are you hiding your brilliance under a mask of that socially acceptable or acceptable femininity. I think Betty uh, Progredon once asked that question. Are you scared to rock the boat? Do you feel suspicious of or envious of other successful women? Are you afraid to make that move into that challenging position of stimulating and powerful position because you feel that the liking money is a masculine thing? I think that's where it all starts. But when we as women do it, we find ourselves being criticized a lot. They call us pushy, fussy, bitchy, uh, difficult to work for. Sadly, it is women sometimes who do this to us. So I'm just trying to poke our conscience and say, let us encourage women to stop just being nice girls or good girls. Let us encourage women to be gutsy girls. And I'll tell you what the difference is. Good, good girls follow rules. Gutsy girls breaks the rules and makes their own. Mm-hmm. Good girl tries to do everything. Gutsy girl has a clear goal for the future. Good girl works their tail off. Gutsy girl does only what is essential. Good girl wants everybody to like them. Gutsy girl doesn't worry whether people like them or not. Good girl tries to keep a low profile. Gutsy girl walks and talks like a winner. Good girl waits patiently for raises, bonus, whatever, dividends. But gutsy girl works hard and asks for what they deserve, raises, promotions, dividends, whatever you want to call it. Good girl avoids confrontation. Gutsy girl faces it head on. Good girls worry about other people's opinion, opinions, I should say. And gutsy girl trusts their instincts. Good girl never takes risks. That's a girl takes smart risks. So with that, I'd like to say to women, be focused on achieving what you want in life without feeling guilty. Keep your focus on your focus. Number two, celebrate every achievement, big or small. I'm celebrating the fact that 
I can take a walk at least three or four times a week or an hour and listen to a motivational presentation by anyone, Robin Sharma, My, uh, Dr. Miles uh, Monroe, whatever, T.D. Jakes, anyone who motivates me. Number three, be a gutsy girl. You just heard me tell you what a gutsy girl is. Mm-hmm. Challenge the status quo. Correct what you see is wrong. You might stand alone, as I say, but those on the right side of history rarely and never fail. Number four, really read that a biographies of people that you admire. Take pictures of them. Get close to them. It will rub off in some way or other. And finally, walk tall. Walk with confidence. Put a smile on your face. A smile is the most powerful thing to wear. I know even when we're going through difficult times, we have to try and keep up that brave face at all times. And that's what I'm able to say for International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. And I have just a few questions, 10 short questions. These ones are just one-worded answers. It's fun questions. We've missed you. Uh, People who wish to watch the show are just curious about just knowing a little bit more about Mom Felicia. So I'm going to ask you a few fun questions, uh, and you can just give me like the one-word answer to these. The first one is, are you currently wearing red nail polish? Well, no. No, I'm wearing natural. (laughs) <laughs> because but I think on my toes, on my toes, <laughs> I have it on my toes, so I'm cheating. Sorry. Yes, no, we, we we love the red. I mean, there's one thing I remember: your hands. I'd always watch your hands when you would speak because you had a beautiful red nail polish that just was just a signature of yours. I'm going to go back to South Africa. Has made the call. <laughs> I love it. My next question is: Do you sleep with a headscarf like most black girls, or not? Oh, yes, and I braid my hair now that I'm wearing it natural, but I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> I love it. Another question. Do you drive or does Mum Felicia get driven around? Oh, I don't like to drive. My husband is his home. He drives me, but I do have a nice guy who drives me around whenever I have to have a longer drive. <laughs> Any drive beyond five to ten minutes, I don't do. You don't do. Okay. I love that. Cocktails, wine, or beer? Do you have a preference or none? Wine. A nice <laughs> glass of wine at night after a hard day. I love that. Would it be a red? Would it be a red? I know you're going to say it should be red, but it's white. Oh, interesting. Your favorite <laughs> holiday destination? South Africa. And then I'll narrow it down. Which city in South Africa? Well, I have a home in Cape Town, so it's Cape Town. Oh, I thought we'd, we'd make it into your top. <laughs> I thought you'd say Durban, but hey, we, you know, hopefully the next one is well, Durban. Durban is because my, my kids are there. I have, uh, my sister passed on in Durban, and she left three young kids there, and they live there. So I definitely am going to make Durban I my see. other home. Absolutely. Mum Felicia, what is what time is bedtime? Is there a specific time you're like, okay, I need to go to bed now? I'm a night owl, so my husband says to me, I cannot get over how 10 o'clock you start working again. And when he's not in town, I literally can stay up until 2 a.m. just wow. writing and, and working. Wow. And do you wake up to an alarm or is there birds or a puppy or something that wakes you up? If I have a meeting like I had with you today, I'm going to have to wake myself up or half sleep to make sure that I don't (laughs) oversleep. No alarm clocks. I turned off alarm clocks when I decided 
I'm going into preferment. Let me explain. Preferment is doing only what I prefer to do. Oh. As long as it helps change someone's life or impact someone's life. Wow, I see. You see, there are two stages in life where you young people are working towards success, which I told you I I tried to work on that. Now I'm working on significance. Significance is about impacting lives. And you can impact lives at any age. But I plan not to go down the grave, to my grave without having impacted some lives until my last day on earth, even if it's just one life. Wow, that's beautiful. And let me tell you, people think that it is the most complicated thing to do. No, just giving someone a great compliment. This woman said she was wearing a nice little tracksuit the last time. And a white woman, and especially in those difficult times, just changing people's perception about what they think about you as a black person, for example, or you as a woman, black or white, whatever. Stop asking question. That is a lovely suit. Faith obviously meaning it. Where did you get it? And the woman said to me, oh my God, you just changed my entire spirit today. I am so happy you said that because I bought them yesterday and I'm happy someone recognized I was wearing something I just bought yesterday. We started talking and then guess what? We started talking about holidays, etc. And guess what? Where I told her to go to. I told her to go to South Africa. She said, it's on my bucket list. (laughs) But now that you said that I gave her my business card and I said, when you go to South Africa, let me know. We'll put it together for you. Uh Same thing with my my eye doctor. Did the same thing. He's going to South Africa with his family on a safari. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Mm -hmm. My next one is savory or sweet? Savory. (laughs) Some nuts in front of me. I'm ready to go. (laughs) I love it. And I think one, many ladies would like to know, how many pairs of shoes do you think you own? They're going to be disappointed. Really? I'm not a shoe person. Oh. Literally. I'm not really. My daughter, Lindue, is a shoe person. And possibly Zani too. Wow. I think that's the one. My husband has more pairs of shoes than I do. Wow. That is a fact. So are you a handbag person? Not really again. Oh. Not really. I have two or three handbags that, again, they were gifts. My daughters put money together and bought me a gift when I turned (coughs) 70. But (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have that. I I still have the bag. And I would never have bought a bag that expensive, to be honest with you. Wow, that's so beautiful. That is so, so beautiful. And I guess as as we wrap it all up, thank you for those fun questions. I guess that's how we just catch up with how you've been doing uh, and the things that you get up to. I guess my last um, question to you or the last comment I'd love you to leave us with is uh, your message for South Africa. You know, we are still, we are like that baby that's still trying to find its feet in some ways. In some ways, we're good at some things. At some things, we're still trying to find it and do it right. What is your message to your home? nation you know if you could speak to the like to us as as your home nation what is your message to us let us never ever give up that spirit of ubuntu in fact i just wrote a whole chapter on ubuntu um i do presentations here in the u.s to corporations about bringing back that spirit of ubuntu especially post-covid and each time I'm talking about what it is, the Desmond Tutu, the Mandela uh, notion of Ubuntu, and I'm so happy to see that even Obama now uses uses it uh, const- 
recently, especially since uh, Mandela's, uh, Mandela's uh, memorial where he spoke about, there's a word in South Africa, it's called Ubuntu, as he said. And I hear my husband also now using that word, Ubuntu, um, even if he calls it Ubuntu. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but corporations need to in- inculcate that spirit of Ubuntu where we start working together as a team, caring for each other. In South Africa, I want us to please bring back that spirit of Ubuntu that I grew up with. My grandmother, no child went hungry who lived around us. My grandmother would cook a big pot and she would share to some of the children around the neighborhood. I remember I was being bolded by people I did not even know who lived down the street. I remember being chased uh, for, for us fighting in the street by people who felt they were our parents. Today you cannot do that. Um, but all I'm trying to say is bring back the spirit of Ubuntu. That is who we are as mm. South Africans. Absolutely. And maybe that is why these images I'm seeing are affecting me. So much. Uh, I don't like unfairness. I don't like greed. I don't like selfishness. I don't like uh, you know people being rude to each other. Right. I I don't know how to explain, but that's what um, I'm trying to. And Mum Felicia, um, my very very last question, I promise, is: um, Do you have a particular way you want to be remembered? That I gave it the best I can. Wow. I gave it the best I could. Mm. And yes, there's still more to do. I love that. Mum, Felicia Mabuza Sattel, I am incredibly humbled. I never thought a day like this would happen. And it's happened, even though I didn't physically get to, to see you or speak to you, I really do feel connected through you. And thank you for your inspirational words. And not only has it touched my life, but I'm sure the many listeners that are listening right now will just be touched by your inspirational words, reminding us women of our place and how we must take up space and command and 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 just, you know, the different elements of life that we can just be in control and I love that. Thank you so, so much for your time, Mum Felicia. Thanks, Carol. Make sure that on my tombstone they write eternally 29. Stop trying to figure out what day I was born and what year <laughs> because I, I was laughing and serious about it because I'm laughing because I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know and I don't care. Right. <laughs> but I believe and I feel 29. And yes. that's why I'm walking and I'm playing tennis and doing everything. I'm doing everything. <laughs> Mum Felicia, all the best. Blessings, blessings. Have fun, my darling. And thank you so much again for your time. Love you, Mzansi. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Carol Ofori, weekdays 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. East Coast Radio.